So welcome. It's great to be having this guest on. Um, and do check us out every week, every Wednesday, we'll be releasing new episodes of women, just everyday women, just like me and you, um, hearing their stories, hearing their journey, and just having real, real conversations. So please check us out every week uh, from 8pm on Wednesday uh, for women working well, uh, real talk. Let's get straight into it and introduce our first guest. Welcome, welcome to our 10th episode of Women Working Well, Real Talk with your host, Atom Henshaw. So excited to have this guest on the show today. Uh, we are joined by the amazing Fumi Olatoye. Good morning, good afternoon, Fumi. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Um, let's just get straight into it. I'm sure our guests are dying to know a bit about yourself. So let's just kick off with the first question I ask all my lovely guests is how many hats are you wearing? So I um, for me, I'm a wife. I'm a mum. I'm a business owner, a friend, daughter, sister, granddaughter. Um, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Seven hats. Nice. So just tell our listeners, like, how would you navigate through those seven hats that you wear? Do you would you say that you're always on? Are there seasons where you you, know, you take off one hat and put another hat? How do you navigate through all those seven hats? Yeah, I think um it is difficult and it I think it is like you said, seasonal in the sense that in some seasons some of the hats will have to be on permanently or constantly and other hats have to come off, but I do kind of tend to wear most hats all the time um, and just have to do the best you can each day, try to prioritise as and when is necessary and um, yeah, try not to beat myself up if some days some of the hats slip and other days uh, the hats stay up and everything goes well, so just take each day as it comes. Nice, nice. So um, I'm sure our listeners will to know a bit more about yourself. So please do tell us um, who for me is, what you do, how long you've been doing it, and what are some of the things you love about what you do? So I am a mum, a wife, and I'm also, so in my business, I am um, a personal trainer, and I work with pre and postnatal ladies. And that is a passion that came about from my own pregnancy. So I've always been into exercise and fitness from a young age, uh, growing up doing gymnastics, athletics, that sort of thing. And then um, when I was pregnant, I found that I really wanted to stay active, but the information as to how to stay active safely during pregnancy was quite lacking. And found myself actually not really doing that much because I just found that I just was worried about what I was able to do and not able to do. And then I wanted to become a personal trainer because I was really passionate about fitness. And so after I had my baby, I decided to go into my personal training qualification. And because of that passion that I felt during my pregnancy, I went into the pre and postnatal space. And that was about three and a half, almost four years ago. And so I'm just passionate about empowering women throughout the whole motherhood and womanhood journey to really know what it is that they can do and make them feel like there is stuff that they always can do rather than, oh, you can't do this, you mustn't do that. Um, really try to educate and empower them to say there is always something that you can do, whether it's for your mind or for your body. And so out of that love, the business that my husband and I run together is called Strong For Every Day. 
and that is all about empowering mums to feel the very best physically and mentally so it's a women's health platform and we promote all things fitness mindset nutrition and just everything that will empower mums to just feel their very best to be the best mothers that they can be great and just in this pandemic that we've um, that we've been, it's been a, a year now. How has that um, just you know impacted your business and particularly some of the clients or the, the women that you do work with? So before the pandemic, I was working with women face to face, whether that's in classes or one to one personal training. And then of course the pandemic happened and all of that had to go away. And really, my husband had the idea for the business to be mainly online anyway when we first birthed the business a couple of years ago. And this is really before a lot of trainers were online and I was very much like, I'm not sure if that's going to work. And we're talking about two, three years ago, but he was like, no, no, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. And then a pandemic hit and everybody was forced to go online. And so that's when we sort of thought, OK, right, this is the time we need to really launch this properly now, this idea that we've had for a little while. Okay. And then, yeah, we just went online. We did classes online. Um, everything in terms of the content that we offer is online. And that's the great thing about things like Zoom and other ways to get content online. You can do everything. Um, you just have to try and rethink of how you get that content out there. And I think because people do like personal face-to-face -face interaction, but we were forced to move online. So people actually started to see that being online is not such a bad thing. You can still gain loads and loads of benefits from doing, say, classes or PTing online and accessing content in a way that you've never had, had to before and still gain lots and lots of great things from it. Right, sounds exciting. How long have you been doing the Strong for, um, sorry, strong for Every Day? Yeah, so we, we came up with the um, idea about three years ago, so 2018, wow. roughly. Um, and then we were kind of, it's been iterating into different things. So it was, like I say, doing one-to-one -one PT, doing classes face-to-face -face with mums, and then now moving into the online. So having the business online, which we launched last year, May last year, um, as a platform in the sense of having um, trainers on there, doing the live workouts, having pre-recorded workouts and having content um, from other women's health experts to really empower mums, um, not just through the fitness, but also through nutrition. And, you know, we've got a pelvic floor physio, we've got a um, psychologist as well. So just really given a holistic view of women's health and a holistic education for mums to really benefit from. I'm just interested to find out because this pandemic, people have really been challenged, particularly mums, because, you know, schools have been shut, mums have been having to homeschool, you know, and just put on more hats at in one time more than any other time in their lifetime. Just talk to us a bit about how that's been and how you kind of help some of um, those mums in, in that space. Yeah, you're absolutely right with that. And I think many mums probably thought that there's no way I'll be able to do all of these things that I need to do. And everyone was just about surviving. And I think we really wanted to encourage mums that, yes, we are very much in survival mode through the pandemic, but there are still ways that you can thrive and look after yourself and, and prioritise yourself where possible. So our workouts usually happen early in the morning and before the day starts, before the work day and the school day starts. So mums, you know, I encourage mums to just try to wake up with me, do that workout because I'm doing the workout with them. I think that helps because they're not feeling like, oh, I'm just watching the screen, yeah. like a YouTube video. I just have it to motivate myself. Like I'm there, I'm doing the workout, I'm out of breath. You know, I'm encouraging everyone to kind of keep going. And for them, it's it's been a real um, 
mental savior i think in that sense because they're waking up and they're doing something great for themselves even if the kids are running around um even if they feel like okay well i've got i've got to stop my kid from you know knocking over my laptop or my phone they're doing something that makes them feel good afterwards especially mums that didn't exercise before the pandemic a lot of them did start in the pandemic because before that with kids and work they probably weren't able to get to the gym so now it almost feels like they didn't have an excuse because it was literally in their living room that they could work out with somebody who knows what they're doing and who's going to do it with them. So I think it's it's really helped a lot of them mentally to kind of get through the days and the weeks and the months of the pandemic to have those workouts to look forward to, you know, a few times a week. It, they then have that mental boost for the day, but also as they start to see their bodies change, they start to feel even better about themselves. They're getting stronger, they're getting fitter, you know, their clothes fit better, like all these different things that mums have told me. And that in turn also makes them feel better and also more able to balance all the different hats that they have to wear throughout the day. Oh, this is fantastic. This is great because I am I wear one of those mum hats and I can't tell you enough how much I am dying to fit back into my sexy jeans. <laughs> and everything is just being tight so thank you I feel like you're doing great work with these moms so thank you for sharing that so take our listeners back a bit um where did it all begin just from your journey from perhaps leaving school or uni to where you are right now what has that journey looked like uh for you um hmm, that's a good question so I mean I guess when I was actually at uni so I studied um business finance and economics had to remember the exact name um (laughs) because growing up it was very much like you know being nigerian you've either got to be a lawyer a doctor a pharmacist you know there's only a few professions that are acceptable (laughs) but i was quite creative and i wanted to do something else like maybe fashion or something like that but that didn't really go down very well so i went down the route of doing business um finance and economics and my last year of uni i met my husband and you know he was he's older than me so he was very much already working and um having that professional career he's already had a few years in that and so when it was coming up to me finishing uni and you know thinking about what my career choice will be he was like trying to he worked in the field that I could have gone into based on my degree but I was kind of saying I don't really feel passionate about this and he said well what do you feel passionate about and I said well I really like fashion um so is there anything that can merge with that and he came up with well have you heard of buying and I said I have no idea what that is and buying and marginalizing is basically the the people that work for all these um the high street brands or the all the clothing companies who basically decide what goes into the stores what um ranges the stores carry every season and so i started to look into buying didn't quite have the right qualifications for that but merchandising is the other side of buying which is like the like the bank for the merchant for the buyer sorry which means that you are in control of the budget for each season telling them how much they should buy of what and my degree was perfect for that and so that's why i ended up going into straight out of uni um i did that for a few years and then i was sort of back and forth between different companies um for say four years and then in that time like i said about loving fitness gym was part of my routine every day going to the gym either before work or after work i got my own personal trainer and I just loved it. I loved the benefits of weight training. That's what he introduced me to. And I just love feeling stronger. And then 
I just found myself talking about fitness all the time at work. You know, I'd be walking around with my protein shake and anytime somebody <laughs> talked about anything to do with fitness or nutrition, I'd be like, what, what was that? <laughs> and so people were like, you, you really seem to enjoy this. Why don't you become a personal trainer? Or I feel like you should become a personal trainer if this, is, if this doesn't work out sort of thing. And then when I went on maternity leave, that's what I decided to do. You know, so in 2016, I was pregnant with my daughter. You know, we did house move, had the baby and stuff. And then 2017 is when I said, right, I'm going to go for it and started studying for my personal training qualification. And then, yeah, here we are. Great. And what would you say to those who are looking to get into this world of PT? Uh, what would be some of the top tips that you would give them or encourage them to, to really look out for, to start doing as they want to embark on this career as a PT? So I would definitely say that it's not easy. Um to make it a career that pays you well. The course itself, anyone can sort of do it because that is the very basic foundation of what you need as a PT. So you can do the course, you'll do your exams, and then you are, you know, actually qualified. You've got the qualifications, but then the work really starts once you've been qualified. So you've got to actually get your hands on bodies. You know, you've actually got to learn to interact with people, how to train people. And, you know, the more clients you have, the better you get. But you know, you've got to choose a route of either working independently, so a freelance PT like what I'm doing, or you or you work in a gym. And what I found, obviously, my circumstances are very different to say some of the other people that I compete with who are much younger than me, who don't have as much responsibility as me. So they're able to get up at four o'clock to trade clients at five, six o'clock in the morning and stay in the gym until nine, ten o'clock at night. So you've got to just kind of be prepared that once you have your qualification, which, like I said, is the easiest part, the hard work then starts in the time that you've got to put in to get clients. You've got to really promote yourself. You've got to really be out there and you've got to learn how to sell. I think that's one thing that I underestimated how much you actually have to sell yourself because there are a lot of personal trainers out there. And, you know, because of Instagram as well, we've got a lot of personal trainers out there who try to use their bodies to sell their services. And again, a lot of people, because Instagram is such a visual platform, people try to people almost think that well she has a great body and you know she's flaunting her great body so she must be a great trainer and that doesn't always equate you know that doesn't always mean that that's what it actually is in reality and just because another trainer might be on the platform on, on instagram and it's not flaunting their body um doesn't mean that they're not a great personal trainer either so you've got to sort of be prepared to look within to see what you are willing to, to do to get the business that you need to make sure that you've got that sustainable income and you've got to also really be mindful that you're running a business so I love training people I love working with people almost to a fault to the point that I will do it for free because I really enjoy it but you know obviously you've got to feed yourself you've got to feed your family <laughs> you can't do it for free you gotta eat so you've got to treat it as a business from the get-go and, and, and again, you know, look to mentors, look to other personal trainers um, who've been in the game for a lot longer than you and get them to mentor you and actually really talk to you about the ins and outs of the business. You know, if you haven't had a trainer yourself before, get a personal trainer, see how they work, see how they train, spend time in the gym, watch the other personal trainers in there, see how they train their clients. You know, it, it takes a lot of work, but if you are, you know, determined and focused, you can make it work, but just be prepared that these things do take time to build up because you've got to build up your experience. Um, you've got to build up your knowledge. You know, don't be afraid to keep learning. You've got to keep doing courses. So once you've done your 
you know, quote unquote, basic PT qualification, you need to keep learning on top of that. Um, you know, and, and also what I would say is maybe go into specialism. So mine is pre and postnatal, you know, yours could be working with, I don't know, diabetic patients or older women or just the older generation as, as a whole. Um, you know, try to find the niche that, that you're interested in because, you know, you've got to keep working with these people day in, day out. And you've got to really be sure that it's what you want to do. Do you want to live in gym clothes? Do you want to live in, in a gym, basically? Mm-hmm. Are you happy to have lunch on the go? Um, all those kind of things. And are you happy to run your own business? Because that's what you're essentially doing. Yeah, great. Top, lovely tips. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what would you say is some of the some of the lessons or challenges uh, that you perhaps have experienced along the way have been? Um, I would definitely say one of the things for me was that kind of barrier of the fact that I'm running a business and I'm so grateful for my husband because he's very business oriented. So he's always very much like, this is a business, this is a business, you know, you've got to put your prices up, that sort of thing. Um, Cause I'm very, not sure what the word is, but like, and this is something that I hear a lot of personal trainers sort of say that you kind of go above and beyond. So you might travel really far for a client that doesn't that, that you don't really charge that much. And it's it then you kind of look at it and think, does this even make sense that after petrol, after my time, have I even made my money back? Um, and so that's definitely one of the things. And I would also say, I think, yeah, really having to sell yourself constantly, you know, when you think about a business, you think okay how do I know about this business that business promotes themselves constantly whether you realize it or not and they do it in many different ways and that's one thing that you have to do as well as a personal trainer you've got to keep promoting yourself um one way or another all the time so you can't just one time say oh personal trainer and then that's it and hope people will always remember that you're a personal trainer and come to you so definitely one of the things that I've had to kind of realize is that you've got to keep promoting yourself over and over again you've got to keep repeating yourself and you've got to be willing to put yourself out there um so that's definitely some of the things i've had to learn along the way and i've put myself out there in in lots of different ways over time you know my husband's helped me to build my confidence in like going on video for example on instagram or just reaching out to people and seeing if i can be on their platform and yeah so lots and lots of different ways i've had to learn to kind of just get my face a little bit more out there and that that over time has really served me quite well oh great thank you um so looking 20 30 years down the line um what would you what would you have liked to what would you like to have achieved in the next 20 30 years down the line and then my other follow-up is um what would success look like to you as well so 20 30 years down the line um I'll, you know, my husband and I are financially free. We are wealthy. You know, we have houses in the countries that we like to visit. Um, let's just let's just really kind of highlight houses. You said people houses. <laughs> you know, you, do we, we want to go to this country. Yeah, we've got a house there. That's fine. Or we know, you know, we have friends that have a house there. That's that's that was also fine. But I think we just want to have freedom. You know, yeah. we want to have freedom. We don't want to be tied to a job we don't want to be tied to even a business in the sense where we are exchanging our time for money Mm. so we have a business that will sort of works for itself our money is working for itself 
and we're free to live our life in the way that we want to live our lives. You know, our kids are grown, you know, they they are also either working for a family business or they've learned the lessons that we've sort of instilled in them over these 20, 30 years. And then success would look like the things that we're working on now, the things that we're working on over the next 20, 30, 40 years are also leaving a legacy for our kids and their kids. And success would then look like, you know, having that legacy for them success would look like us having that freedom and the wealth to be able to help our families to be able to make a difference in the world and you know just to be able to say that this is the mark that we've left on the world and people sort of have seen the positive things that we have done great you're really taking my legacy question but that's that's fantastic that's fantastic <laughs> Um, so what would you say some of the, the things that just keep you fed, keep you motivated, keeps driving you to uh, do what you do with all the many hats that you wear? Um, it's interesting. So my faith is definitely one of those things. And my husband is another one of those things. And I guess just, yeah, my family. I mean, I think it can be very easy to feel like the hats that you're wearing are heavy. It can feel like, you know, you want to some days you just don't want to say you don't want to wear any of the hats um but my husband is very he's very driven and he's very motivated and I think for me that is a perfect match in the sense that sometimes I can I can just be like oh you know what it's fine I can be very in, in a very survivor mode and he is a lot more about that thriving mentality so having him to kind of push me is great because he encourages me to take in things that will feed me, not just feed me spiritually, but also feed my mindset. Mm. So he encourages me to listen to certain books, to read certain books that will then feed my mindset to be more positive and to actually really believe that nothing is impossible. And just with that itself, you start to feed your mind those things. So for example, I'm currently listening to Think and Grow Rich. I'm reading um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Again, things that he suggested to me. And then I have friends who are also very much about change your mindset, change your mindset and constantly feed yourself these things. To the point where once you start to believe those things, you start to listen to these things more and things start coming to you, you know. So I've started to, certain opportunities have started to present um, themselves to us in, in the way that, you know, you don't necessarily know how that's going to come to you. But by the end of the day, you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that we've just had this great conversation and that's led to another great conversation. And, and so these are the things that sort of keep me going because for us, I kind of feel like once you get that momentum, that momentum begets momentum and then things just sort of keep moving and keep flowing and it motivates you to keep going. So I think just kind of having that mindset of nothing is impossible. Mm. If you really put your mind to it, if you really visualize the things that you want, you will keep going. Right. And I'm smiling because um, you've mentioned your husband so many times. Before, <laughs> so I'm really feeling the love. So, you know, speak to us a bit more. I know you touched about passion, about how it's important to have passion in what you're doing. Perhaps um, speak to us a bit more about, you know, you know, having passion for whatever you want to pursue and how important it is just to have a bit of passion in, in your journey to, to building your business. Yeah, um, and it's funny because I'm one of those people that believes that you do have to have passion, whereas some other people are very much like you don't have to have passion to do something well or to do a business well. But I believe for me, if I didn't have the passion that I had for the business that I'm doing, it would show. 
And I think in certain industries, the service industry, especially when you're working with people, you've got to be passionate about it. You've got to show that you're passionate about it. Otherwise, it just doesn't seem genuine, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, and the way you relate to people, the way you, you just come across when, when you talk to people about certain things, if that passion is lacking, I think it, it will just show that you're sort of just either reeling off just some facts that you've learned somewhere or it it, it, it just comes across disingenuous. And I think especially working with women who also are very much on their intuition and they're very much on, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like women feel things, don't you? Don't we? So I think if you can't feel that passion from another person in something that's quite personal, I think, um, I think it definitely comes across and it probably turns people off as well if you don't have that passion there. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and my final question, I know time is whisk by. Um, <laughs> you know, I just love this whole area of wellness and well-being. Uh, physically women who have just had a baby, um, what would you say um, to those who are, you know, starting this journey of motherhood uh, in the midst of a pandemic? You know, what would be some of the guiding top tips that you would share with them just to keep well and keep wellness at the, at the forefront of what they do in their day? Mm. So I think definitely number one is take your time. So Instagram can be a great place for information, but it can also be a toxic place if you don't follow the right people or if you're not very strong because you might fall into that trap of seeing people who snap back or bounce back. I'm saying these things to put quotation marks within four to six weeks of having their babies. And is that actually true, by the way? Is that actually possible for people to snap back that quickly? So, I personally, that was not the case for me when I had my daughter. Number two, Instagram you have to really take it for what it is people are only showing the highlights in the way that they want to show those highlights high-waisted leggings can do wonders for people (laughs) sucking in for five seconds while you're taking a picture angles maybe not having to put on very much weight you know there are some people who genetically yes can look as though they have snapped back and when i say look as though i literally mean that they don't have much body fat to begin with so they look skinny again Mm-hmm. that does not equate health okay so that doesn't mean that their pelvic floor works you know perfectly well it means that they could be wetting themselves for example that to me is not healthy um they might not be eating well their sleep might not be very good so i think we have to be very careful with what we take in in those first few weeks because our hormones are all over the place so i would definitely definitely say Stay off Instagram if you need to, or just kind of make your feed a positive feed in terms of the people that you follow um, in that, in, especially in those early first couple of months, because like I said, you, you have to be really mindful of what you take in. You can obviously start walking and, you know, doing things to start building up your fitness again, if that is what you want to do. But what I would definitely suggest to any woman that's just given birth after about six to eight weeks, see a pelvic floor physiotherapist or a women's health physio and those people are amazing so they're physio specifically for um looking after your body after you've had a baby so they check your pelvic floor they check your posture they check your breathing they check everything to do with you as a woman who's just given birth so that is my top suggestion after six to eight weeks get yourself one of those appointments 
and then they will sort of be able to advise you what your rehab is supposed to look like. Um, they'll check your core to see what rehab you need to do for your core, your pelvic floor, what rehab you need to do for that. And then if you are looking to get back into the training, get a, get a personal trainer who is qualified to work with postnatal women. And then in terms of your Such eating, as yourself, so please do give a shout out to your <laughs> handle. What is your Instagram handle for those who are listening and would love to know more about um, what we do? Yeah, it's for me, underscore Olatoye. Great. And your strong for, do you have one for your business as and well? Then, yeah, strong for every day is at strong for every day. Great, thank you. So okay. Yep. <laughs> and then in terms of um, in terms of nutrition, I think that's the other thing that we've got to be very mindful of is seeing what other people might be suggesting. So there is unfortunately the fitness and diet industry are not very well, very well regulated. So that means that some people sell diet plans for mums. Now, being a new mum is not the time for you to go on a diet. You, you need energy. You need to eat, especially if you're breastfeeding. So you want to fuel yourself well. So things like smoothies are a great way to fuel yourself. And it's not because I want you to replace your meals with smoothies. It's because I know that your hands are going to be full. You're going to be busy and you're probably not going to be able to eat anything hot or anything nutritious with one hand. But if you make if you can get your partner, if you make your smoothies and freeze them in advance, you can bring them out in the morning, let them defrost through the day. You can just be sipping on that smoothie and just put it put in loads of different things. You know, you can put a protein powder in, put in your food, put in your vegetables, maybe put some oats, just stuff that will make it quite um, filling. And that's a great way for you to kind of keep your nutrients up throughout the day. Or ask friends to make you healthy snacks, ask your partner to make you healthy snacks that you can just sort of nibble on throughout the day. But new mums should not be thinking about, I need to go on a diet. Um, you've got to eat. So try as much as possible to have quick snacks, handy snacks, like anything with oats is a great snack. Um, like you can make like energy balls that you can just put in the fridge. They, they really don't take a long time to make. Right. I like those instant bags of like rice that you can just put in the microwave. If you've got like chicken and some vegetables in the fridge, you can just put that all together. Nice. So yeah, I'm all about hacks. So if you check out our Instagram, <laughs> I've got loads of hacks on there as well. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for me for joining us. It's been so great. Like I just feel like just the positive nuggets of wellness and quick, quick. Oh, it's been great. It's been absolutely great. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's just been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And for those who would like to get in touch with us, please do reach out to us. We're currently on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram handle is at www.realtalk and our Facebook handle is Women Working Well. Uh, so do search us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Do comment, like, share, share again to your networks. Um, we do want to hear from you. So until next time, this is your host, Atten Henshaw, and we're signing out from Women Working Well. Have a great rest of the week. Take care.